0: So January 23rd, 2019. It was World Youth Day and the Pope was visiting Panama. Lucas Enriquez was 17 years old at the time and was in the crowd with three of his friends just hanging out. Well, in an unexpected moment, his friends did something that would capture the eyes of the world. You see, Lucas suffers from paralysis. He's unable to walk, speak, or even move one hand. And he was four months old when he was diagnosed. So as the Pope approached, his friends decided to lift him up so he could see the Pope. And in so doing, they themselves missed the opportunity to see the Pope go by. You see, for them... It was more important to see the joy on their friend's face in this moment. This picture actually happened by accident. The photographer was standing behind on a planter, trying to catch a shot of the pope as he went by. And it wasn't until later that he actually realized what he had captured. It was then that he went to publish it. And this photo gained national attention. Obviously, it's a pretty powerful and moving image. Well, added to that, this experience actually changed Lucas's life. You see, months later, he was able to do an internship with this photographer who found him. And he, as he prepared to graduate school, he was able to do an internship with him. And he gained an interest in photo editing, something he had never known before. And as he began university, he went in to study science and technology, But then things shifted, and he started taking courses in digital photography and went on to start a photography degree. His mom says this experience improved Lucas's self-esteem, and it certainly increased his faith. What a powerful story. You know, over the last number of weeks, we've been looking at encounters with Jesus. Moments people have had their lives or situations cross paths with Jesus in a miraculous way. Now, it's the beginning of his earthly ministry, and this carpenter named Jesus is suddenly creating a buzz. There's conversation, there's curiosity, and even conflict. The religious leaders of the day are perplexed and challenged with what's happening, but people are clamoring to be a part of what is taking place. So our story today takes us to Mark chapter 2. Jesus has spent time traveling around and miracles are happening. And now he's headed back to Capernaum. And the crowds have gathered to see Jesus because they want to continue to partake of what he's doing. So Mark chapter 2 verse 1 says this. And a few days later, when Jesus again entered Capernaum, the people heard that he had come home. They gathered in such large numbers that there was no room left, not even outside the door. And he preached the word to them. Some men came, bringing to him a paralyzed man, carried by four of them. And since they could not get to Jesus because of the crowds, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus by digging through it and then lowered the mat the man was laying on. When Jesus saw their faith, he sent to the paralyzed man, son, your sins are forgiven. Well, now some of the teachers of the law were sitting there and thinking to themselves, why does this fellow talk like this? He's blaspheming, but who can forgive sins but God alone? Well, immediately Jesus knew in his spirit what they were thinking and what they were thinking in their hearts. And he said to them, why are you thinking these things? Which is easier to say to the paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven. Get up, take up your mat and walk. But I want you to know that the son of man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the man, I tell you, get up, pick up your mat and go home. Well, He got up, took his mat, and walked in full view of the mall. Well, this amazed everyone, and they praised God, saying, We have never seen anything like this. You see, there are many takeaways from this passage of Scripture. Obviously, there's the miraculous, the healing of the paralytic man, but there are also some powerful moments along the way that I think you and I might be able to find ourselves in today. You see, Jesus encountered people along the way in towns, in villages, on the shoreline, by the city gate, maybe even near the local watering hole of the community, in everyday, normal places. And I think we too can forget that we can experience God and His goodness in our everyday places and moments your classroom, your dorm, a restaurant maybe your workplace, or even the bus. I want us to look at four things this morning and discover how each of us play a role in seeing God's healing work unfold in our lives and in those around us. Now, the first is this. The first is compassion. You know, we don't know a lot about this paralytic man, if he had been this way since birth or an accident had changed the course of his life, but we do know his friends had heard about Jesus and they are desperate to get their friend to him. In fact, they pick him up on his mat and they carry him. Now, we don't know how far, but I'm assuming it wasn't just around the corner. These men were filled with compassion for their friend, and they wanted to see his life changed, and they were determined to help make that happen. You see, this man couldn't get to Jesus on his own, so his friends took it upon themselves. They cared enough for him that they showed up. You know, last year, as a family... We found ourselves in a crisis situation. And I actually texted a friend early that morning just to let her know. And without hesitation, she said, I'm grabbing us coffee, and I'm coming over. Well, she did just that. But not only that, she brought flowers, she brought coffee, and she brought three days' worth of meals that she picked up at Costco for our family. She showed up. In a time of uncertainty, she sat there with us. She held space for us in a time of need. She didn't just say, hey, Shell, I'm praying for you, and went about her day. No. She actually rearranged her morning, and she showed up. We know our friends by their actions, their love, and their support. And in the same way, you and I have to show up for others. In the same way, we have the ability to step in the gap On behalf of those around us. We show up for our friends and in turn that also speaks about our faith being lived out in our actions and equally we need friends who are going to show up for us in those moments and meet us with compassion and help us to hold on and yes even to help us hold on to faith. Life is not always easy compassion led these men to action and they knew if Jesus could heal lepers if he could heal the blind if he could heal other people then surely surely he was able to help their friend they had compassion and they were moved to action they just didn't sit back and say oh sorry dude I guess you can't walk there no they took it upon themselves In the book of Isaiah, there's a promise that's made to Israel of God's faithfulness, and it's actually a picture of who he is for us today as well. And it says this in Isaiah 30 verse 18, Yet the Lord longs to be gracious to you. Therefore, he will rise up to show you compassion. For the Lord is a God of justice. Blessed are those who wait for him. Now, I like reading different versions and passages of Scripture, and when I read it in the message, it really struck me, and I want to share it with you today. It says this, but God's not finished. He's waiting around to be gracious to you. He's gathering strength to show mercy to you. God takes the time to do everything right, everything, and those who wait around for him, those are the lucky ones. You see, these men show up on a scene, and the crowds are so thick that they can't even get near the house. The house is jam-packed with religious leaders and the people of the community. And they're all listening to Jesus preach the word to them. And they're hungry to learn. They've pressed in to hear all Jesus has to say. So you know when you're craving a certain food, And you can, like, almost taste it in your mouth. You're like, oh, we need to go there. We need to eat this. And you've, like, got it stuck in your head. And you're like, oh, yeah, 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 let's go. And you grab your jacket and you head out the door. And you can't wait to just bite into that morsel of food that you know is just like, I'm craving that. And you walk around the corner only to find this massive line of people. And you're like, Oh and you just feel this rejection sinking in, knowing that you don't have an hour or two to stand in this line to wait for this food, and all of a sudden you feel this disappointment because you can't wait around. You walk away kind of feeling disappointed, bummed. Now you got to find another solution, another option. Yeah. Well, that is the complete opposite of what these men did when they walked around the corner. Rather than being discouraged by what they found, the obstacle that was before them, this massive crowd of people, they decided to push through. And this brings me to our second point this morning. These men had creative faith. You see, these men came around the corner to a huge obstacle. They can't get through the crowds or anywhere near Jesus. And I know many of you have probably heard this story before, but my hope and prayer today is that your eyes are open to see and discover something new for your life and your situation today. You see, these men saw an obstacle before them, but they did not give up. Instead, they decided to get creative in their efforts and find another way to get closer to Jesus. They figured, hey, if we can't get through the door, let's get up on the roof Because that's logical. (laughs) Well, there most likely would have been some stairs along the side of homes in that day because roofs were used for a variety of purposes. So they decided to climb up there. Roofs back then weren't pitched like they are today. They were flat and, and they had wood that would lay across the structure and they packed it with clay and mud and other branches. So it was accessible for them to be on the roof. So they made their way and they carried their friend up there And at least now, they were closer to where Jesus actually was. Their odds were getting better. Well, not only that, they got even more creative and started to rip the roof off of the house to get access to Jesus. Now that's clearly an entrance. So let me ask, how many times in our lives do we feel that we can't get near Jesus? That there's too many obstacles in the way? We make excuses and give up too easily. We see what's before us and we feel this slump of disappointment or the self-loathing or even self-disqualification. We say, you know what, this isn't going to work. You know, I remember feeling that God didn't have time for my hurt because other people's situations were far more worse than mine was. So I sought to bury the pain and figure, I can just make it on my own. Well, you know what? That didn't didn't end so well. (laughs) It never does. We're not called to walk in our pain alone. We need others, and sometimes others need to come alongside us to help get us to Jesus. Wendell Berry is a known American author and poet. In fact, he's even a farmer. But he says this, he says, healing is impossible in loneliness. It is the opposite of loneliness. You see, these men didn't give up, they allowed a creative solution to lead them to their destination. Not only that, but they interrupted everything. Okay, let's be honest, you can't tear a roof off a place and not be noticed, right? You got stuff and debris falling on their heads, it's loud, it's noisy. It's a clear interruption of this moment, and I'm sure it caused a commotion. You see, Jesus is speaking, and these men were not afraid to interrupt him. How often do we feel God is too busy for us? That others are too busy for us, and so we give up. We pack it in and walk away. But rather, these men persevered. They kept going. They went out of their way to get Jesus's attention, and then they lowered their friend through the roof. I'm sure people were baffled. I'm sure people were upset. I mean, someone's going to have to pay to replace that roof, right? But all of that was secondary to what was about to happen next. The third thing for us to notice this morning is persistent faith. This is exactly what these friends had, persistent faith. They didn't give up, and Jesus noticed it. You see, their persistent faith got their friend before Jesus. And in that moment, Jesus met them. In the messy interruption, Jesus was present and found. The messy interruptions What we see as obstacles to Jesus are opportunities. And as the man lay on the mat, Jesus didn't get mad and say, What do you think you're doing? This is crazy. Don't you see I'm speaking here? No, rather he offered to forgive the man's sins. He was concerned for his spiritual state, not just his physical state. What also needs to be noted here in this story is the reality of what Jesus picked up on. Scripture says he saw their faith. It wasn't just the openness of the one needing the miracle. It was the open posture, tenacity, and faith of these men who brought their friend. You see, it was a team effort. And Jesus recognized their faith collectively. Their courage and their ability to show up for someone else and do what they could to help see their friend healed. So let me ask this morning, how do you and I show up for the people around us? What kind of faith do we have for others? These men held faith for their friend. I don't know what his state was in, But these men believed that their friend could be healed. What kind of faith do we have for others that we walk and journey life with? Do we see just the physical needs around us? Or are we willing to also attune ourselves to the spiritual needs of others as well? Their need for forgiveness, for hope, and for healing from the inside out. See, I've been in places in my life where I have literally begged God for physical healing. And in some cases, I'm actually still waiting for those healings to unfold. And in some situations, I've realized others have come alongside to help in that healing in my own life. And it's taken time. Sometimes that's been with doctors or therapists or professionals who have practically been able to use their understanding, their gifts, their knowledge to help bring about another level of healing to myself or even to those I care about. Now, sometimes I've also found myself let down because healing didn't occur as fast as I wanted. And then, in those moments, I'm challenged to be reminded of verses Like that of Isaiah 53, it says this. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds, you have been healed. You see, he gets to define what healing is, not me. He gets to define what healing is for our lives. Not our agenda, not our perspectives, but his. Jesus was concerned about the man's physical healing, but he was also concerned about the state of his soul equally, we cannot live in a state of blindness to the needs of healing in those around us who suffer and walk this life with emptiness and hurt, to recognize that Jesus wants to bring wholeness and he wants to set us free, to bring hope to the hopeless, to bring love to the one who feels rejected, to bring peace to the troubled mind or soul, to bring acceptance to the one who just wants to push everyone away. To bring joy where there is sorrow, and to bring life where there is death. You see, Jesus heals the wounds, all kinds of wounds, that cannot be cured through surgery, medicine, or just having a positive attitude. Psalms 147 says this He heals the brokenhearted and binds their wounds. But I want you to hear this this morning. This most often takes place over time. While miraculous healings can occur, for most of us, healing is a long and patient process. It's a journey that we're called to, to walk with Jesus. The last thing I want us to look at this morning is courage. You see, these men showed courage to show up and to actually break through the roof. It's one thing to talk about having faith. It's another thing to act on it and to take steps of action and move towards something. Well, in the same way, we need to have courage and to show up, to come to God with our needs, our wounds, and our brokenness. And that takes courage to do. Healing comes in all forms. Doctors can help, through science, as God's given them the means and creativity to find and discover solutions. Nutritionists can help us with our bodies with natural supplements to heal. Psychologists and therapists can help us find healing by walking us through our brokenness and our woundedness in our emotional state. These are, in fact, some of the ways that God uses others to help bring healing to our lives. And God also heals through prayer, through the courage of our souls to come and simply ask. Sometimes it's a combination of all of these things. Jesus once told a woman who risked everything just to reach up and touch him, he turns to her and he says, your faith has made you well. Courage courage to recognize our state and to ask God for that miracle and that healing. It requires courage to believe, even if we don't get exactly what we want. Friday night, Anthony and I were at a seminar at 10th at our Mount Pleasant location, and Hillary Hillary McBride was talking about healing trauma in the body. And she As she was speaking, she said something, and I was writing down different notes, but this is one thing she shared, and I want to share it with you here. She says, healing moves us towards wholeness. It is a process that shifts us towards others. It is not an event, but healing happens slowly. We collect experiences along the way as we work towards healing. This paralyzed man certainly had a journey. And you know what? We don't know all that he's endured up to this point. But here he has an encounter with Jesus that literally changes his life. Jesus told this man to pick up his mat and walk. And he did just that. Truly a miraculous thing. But you need to understand it was the compassion, the creativity, and the perseverance of their faith and the courage of these men that helped for this paralytic to receive his healing. We need each other. Healing should move us towards others. This encounter with Jesus didn't change just the life of the paralytic. In fact, it changed all their lives. These men were a part of the miracle story that unfolded that day. Jesus turned things on their head. And you will see this again and again and again in scripture. When Jesus shows up on the scene, he takes what people expect and he flips it upside down. He not only physically healed the man, but he set him free. His sins were forgiven and the burden of his soul was lifted. You see, encounters with Jesus aren't just about being desperate for a physical healing, but it's also about drawing us closer to him and finding inner healing, healing for our body, our soul, and our mind. And all of this allow us to know freedom, forgiveness, grace, mercy, love, and joy. I want to introduce you to a friend of mine. Her name is Brenda Pugh. And Brenda wasn't just a colleague and someone I worked with. She really was a friend. Her fingerprints are on my life in various ways, especially as I prepared to become a mom 18 years ago. She was a gift to many of us. You See, January 1st, 2014, Brenda started a journey that would last 588 days. An unwelcome diagnosis of cancer, and a journey with God that would one day become a book, but if not. Brenda lived her days trusting God and her husband, Carson. I was actually his executive assistant for many years through Arrow Leadership. And Carson writes this. He said, when addressing the question of why God has not healed Brenda physically when half the world is praying for her, he said this. Oh, she said this, rather. Oh, God is going to heal me. I wish it would be physical healing so I could remain here with all of you. But if not, Carson says, she left the rest of the sentence unfinished. You see, she trusted that God would heal her, either here or in heaven. I recognize this morning that talking about healing can conjure up many emotions, It can evoke many different responses and feelings inside of us, even reactions sometimes. I myself find stories of hope when I think of healing as I reflect on people I know who have experienced healing in various ways. But I'll be honest with you, I also share in feelings of anger and disappointment at times when I think about healing. I wonder why my loved one hasn't been healed. Why did they have to die so young? I ask hard questions, staring at the night like a beast to be slayed. And I'm not standing here today to tell you that I have the answers because I don't. Healing is complex. Why some? Why not others? Like I said, I don't have all the answers. But what I do know is that Jesus meets us along the way. And healing doesn't always come in the ways we want it to, nor is it defined by the ways we often demand. On February 21st, 52 days into her journey, Brenda wrote this. When I get up in the morning and look at myself in the mirror, a stranger looks back at me. While I sleep, I forget everything that has happened these past weeks, and the stranger look at back, looking back at me reminds me that this cancer journey isn't just a bad dream after all. So each day, the stark reality of my health looks me squarely in the eye. I need God more than I know. I somehow think that that's the point. It's an awakening for us to know I need God more than I know. You need God more than you know. We need God more than we know. Not just for a physical touch that can certainly and maybe even instantly change everything, but a touch from Him that can change us from the inside out. So I'm going to leave us with this question this morning. Where... Do you need healing in your life today? Are you willing to find creative ways to push past the obstacles, to have persistent faith and the courage to actually trust God, even when it doesn't turn out how you want it to? Maybe we need to ask ourselves this morning how we can stand and support someone, a friend who needs healing, not just physical, but maybe spiritual or emotional healing. I'm going to invite us to do something this morning. We've talked about compassion. We've talked about creative faith. We've talked about persistent faith. We've talked about courage. And I don't know all your stories, and I don't know all the journeys that you're walking. But in a moment, I'm going to ask you to do something that might be a little out of your comfort zone, and that's okay because I want this to be a place where you can feel safe. But I'm going to pray for healing this morning. I'm going to pray for you this morning. I'm going to pray for me this morning. I'm going to pray for us. And in a moment, I'm going to actually ask the band to come, if you would, just to play some music. And we're going to enter a time of communion in a moment as well. But in a moment I'm gonna ask you to close your eyes. I'm gonna ask you to ask yourself, Do I need healing in my life today? Maybe it's physical, maybe it's emotional, maybe it's spiritual, maybe you're in a place that oh I just I just need to leave some stuff with God today. I don't know what that is, but you do. And I'm just going to ask you something super simple with your eyes closed in a moment. I'm going to ask you, if you want healing in your life, for whatever that situation might be, big, small, somewhere in between, I'm just going to ask you to stand. I don't want this to be awkward. I want this to be a place where you feel safe with the people around you to know that you can actually meet with God right where you're at. And so I'm just going to have the worship band just play some music so it's not so vulnerable feeling in here with empty space. And I'm just going to pray. And I'm just going to ask you to stand as you will in a moment, just with a posture of openness, to show courage, just to ask, God, could you heal me? So I'm going to pray, and then I'll ask you if you want healing this morning to stand. So Father, I thank you for your presence. (laughs) I thank you for the tenacity of these friends who took their friend to you. And in the same way this morning, I'm just asking that your spirit would be here in this place. (sighs) God, would you allow us to find some courage this morning just to ask, just to ask. And so if that's you this morning, with your eyes closed, if you want healing in your life, whatever that may look like, whatever that journey may be, I'm going to ask you to stand right now, just where you're at, just to stand. Whether that's healing for you or someone you love, I need his healing in my life and I know there's people I'm fighting for to see healing in their life and so I'm gonna pray for you this morning so God you see our hearts you see our state you know every heartache every tear every question every doubt and Holy Spirit we bring it to you this morning asking for your healing. Asking for your peace. Asking for your perspective and gentleness to come and meet us where we're at. So whatever that is this morning, God, we come as your children and ask for healing. May we have courage and boldness to come into your presence to know that you come and you meet us as we are. So Holy Spirit, would you speak? Holy Spirit, would you allow healing to come to our minds and our lives, to physically touch us in a way that leaves us changed from the inside out? That your presence would show up, and that we would be marked by the grace of a God who brings freedom, hope, restoration, forgiveness, love, and joy. Father, thank you for healing. Thank you for friends that come alongside us. Thank you for strength. And we pray this morning, believing that you are a God of healing and that the journey you have for us does not end as you draw us closer to you to trust in you. So this morning, as we prepare to even partake in communion, may it be with a keen awareness that it is just by your life that we are healed. And I speak that over us here this morning, watching online or here in this room, that we would be people of courage to hold on, to trust you for that healing in our lives. We pray this, believing in your name. Amen.